The new Minnesota Lottery Vikings Scratch Game is the official scratch game of the Minnesota Vikings. The official top prize is $100,000. Season tickets, an away game trip for four, and more are officially the second chance prizes. Learn more on our website, which you can't see because this is officially a radio ad. It's mnlottery.com. Remember, you must be officially 18 or older to play the official scratch game of the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Lottery. I'm in. Wake up. Put your shoes on. Take a breath. Welcome back to Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, presented by Minnesota State Lottery's Vikings Scratch Game Edition. Find out more about that game at mnlottery.com. Thanks also to our longtime sponsors, White Bear Lake Superstore.com and Platinum Bank. Thanks also to our producer, Brandon Morton. Reminder, best way to listen to this show or any show you like at talknorth.com. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen, and we do appreciate it. All right, Jeff, before we get to stuff that's going on around the league, and it is quite a week for the NFL, uh, let's get into the roster. The Vikings go out and get Dalton Reisner to shore up their offensive line. They haven't told us how they're going to use him yet, but I'm guessing he's probably going to bump Ed Ingram. That's my my initial guess. Uh, and they'll go out and get Cam Akers, a talented running back who was part of the championship uh, Rams but seems to be on his on – his, uh, on his way out in terms of relationship with Sean McVay, the Vikings bring him in. So, so let's just start with that. Let's start with the roster fluctuations. I, I think it's certainly speaks to an own to record for one thing. And the, we don't want to necessarily say desperation mode at this point, even though I think there are going to be two desperate teams playing at us bank stadium on Sunday with the chargers also on to, and the Vikings and two of the more disappointing teams in the league, along with the Bengals, who are also 0-2 at this point. But I think when you have issues, injury issues that they've had and performance issues, and I think especially in, in regard to Ed Ingram at right guard, which I think certainly is the driver for this Dalton Reisner move, that they were hoping that he would make major strides in year two, and, I mean, he shows certain signs at times of, of being a, a physical player, but then he gets beat bad, then he bumps Cousins' hand, arm and it causes a fumble or steps on his foot. It j- just too many things have happened. So Reisner comes in, and I expect him to play quickly. I, I think that they're, they're not looking to, to wait three, four weeks down the road. Now, he does have to learn the offense. And it's, it's a, as O'Connell said yesterday, it's a different offense than what he was playing in Denver. And, and also the fact that he didn't, did not have a training camp anywhere as he was waiting to get signed. Uh, as, a, as a free agent, he was looking for bigger money than he was offered. So the Vikings signed him to that one-year $4 million deal. They're not paying him $4 million to sit on the bench and, and be a backup player. He'll be in the lineup, I think, pretty soon. And it could be as soon as Sunday. We'll see. The injury issues that have the, yeah, the injury issues have been a problem. Darisaw being out, I think, really has hurt the offense tremendously. Davenport, who was a, a big free agent signing, that hurt the hurt the team. 
And then you talk about Cam Akers coming in, a former second-round pick. He's got 1,400 yards rushing in his career. What does that tell us? Are they not satisfied with what Madison's doing? He's fumbled the ball, not tearing it up. And I thought I thought Alex had actually had a good first game with not much blocking. And Ty Chandler looked good in preseason, but now he may be bumped to number three. I think, Jim, what this speaks to to me is just the disastrous nature of the 2022 draft at this point. Yes. And you think about you think about Seen and Lewis Seen and Andrew Booth are not playing prominent roles on defense. Asamoah was supposed to be a starter inside linebacker. He gets hurt in camp, and now he's beat out by an undrafted player in Ivan Pace. Uh, Caleb Evans, I really liked what he was doing until last week when he got burned on a deep ball and a couple other plays. And then Ty Chandler was supposed to be the number two back, and now he's perhaps bumped down to number three with Akers coming in. That draft is, is looking terrible right now, and that's Quasi's first draft. So now the 2020-2023 draft this year is looking better with Jordan Addison being an immediate contributor, two touchdown passes already, and and the rest of the draft class there – Mackay Blackman has done some some good things, so we'll see. But that 2022 draft that's a, that's an eyesore right now. It is, and also they spent a draft pick on a running back in this year's draft, and Dwayne McBride, and he couldn't play. Uh, and I'm sure they wanted him to be kind of the you know one of the top three backs, and he just couldn't do it. So, I mean, I what we don't know yet, as you know, as you said, we don't know if Acres is being brought in to take time away from Matt or just to be a backup depth player, but they need the depth. They only have two functional running backs right now. Yeah, and, and that's definitely true. So we'll, we'll see how, how Cam Akers plays out. He he does have a connection, as we know, with with, with Kevin O'Connell and Wes Phillips from, from the Rams years. He did start in a Super Bowl and, all, and in three postseason games that year. Dealt with an Achilles after that, and so – he he's a guy that's got talent, second round talent, and can how quick can can it translate? At least the offense is probably pretty similar for him. That will be interesting to see. And and meanwhile, that running game has just got to improve. And you and you look at getting out rushed two fifty nine to twenty eight in Philadelphia. You look at the the turnover ratio at minus six. You look at the Vikings run defense has not been good when they give up that kind of yards. There are so many issues right now, offensively, running the ball, defensively, what, what's going on in that interior defensive line. Dean Lowry has not really made many plays. Jonathan Bullard, likewise, not many plays. Harrison Phillips had 13 tackles last week against the Eagles, but a whole bunch of them were after five or six-yard gains. And I'll tell you another thing, Jim. I know Brian Flores, the new defensive coordinator, has done some good things. He he had Jalen Hurts discombobulated early in that game, but when the Eagles made the move to pound the rock on that on the drive in the second quarter, where, where they have a 16 play nine minute drive and they run it 13 times, and the Vikings are staying in that three man line for a whole bunch of that, and it was just kind of how, how can they not adjust quicker? I have, I have a problem with, with Brian Flores and his adjustments and how quick they happen 
And I'm also not necessarily thrilled with that three safety look that, that he wants to use when for two straight weeks, they've gotten elite wide receivers. And I'm talking about Mike Evans in the Bucks game and Devonte Smith of the Eagles have beaten safeties on deep balls, Josh Metellus and Theo Jackson, the last two weeks. How can you not have a corner on these type of receivers? I, I don't, I don't get that. Yeah, that has been very interesting. As you said, Flores looks really did mess up the Eagles offense, uh, especially Hertz kind of run pass option uh, preference early on. But once the Eagles realized they were just playing against a weak, weak defensive line, they just ran it. And, and the amazing thing about that running game is I know a lot of people were kind of saying, wow, DeAndre Swift looked great. No, he didn't. He had so many holes <clears throat> opened him, so much ground opened him. He was missing the obvious hole he should have run through and still finding room elsewhere. Yeah, exactly right. And so if if Austin Eckler is playing this week, that's a problem because he's an yeah. elite running back in the league. Now, he has, did not practice um, early in the week, and he's been dealing with an injury, so we'll see if he can make it back. Eric Hendricks is another guy that I have obviously a lot of interest here, and we know Eric would love to play against his former team, but he's dealing with, a, with an issue too, a, a hamstring issue. We'll see if those two guys can make it. If they can't, that will help the Vikings cause. Joey Bosa, their elite edge rusher, also has been limited. Injury problems on both sides for both teams going into this game. Darisaw is really, he's got to be on that field. I, I don't know what's going on with Bradbury. If, if it's a repeat of last year, he missed five games, and, and it wasn't very good when he came back in the playoff game against the Giants. That's a concern. Schlotman and understanding that the Eagles had a ter- have a terrific defensive line and interior guys like Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter and, and Fletcher Cox. But, wow, it was, it was kind of ugly for Schlotman at times. But when you think about everything that happened in that Eagles game, and meanwhile, Jefferson is tearing it up. <laughs> He's leading the league in receiving yards. Cousins ranked second in, in passer rating and threw for four touchdowns and a, one, and a, and a huge, huge rating. He's second in the league in passer rating. There, there are there are some positive signs also on this team, and this could be the week that they get healthy. I expect a shootout, Jim, with the Chargers. When, when they've got talented guys like Justin Herbert and a great pair of receivers and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, if Eckler can play, which may be questionable at this point, and if the Vikings can block Bosa and Khalil Mack, I think they have a chance to do some damage against that secondary where Michael Davis has struggled, Asante Samuel has struggled, J.C. Jackson is playing better this year, but he had a shaky year last year after signing a big free agent deal. So th- there are a lot of things that make this a really compelling game, even with two 0-2 teams. <laughs> no doubt. And I want to ask you about the Chargers, because I thought the Chargers were going to be great this year. They're off to a very rough start, and I think the, the seat is getting hot under Brandon Staley, even though I like the guy uh, – He's going to have to produce here sometime soon. So let's get to the Chargers and the rest of the league here in a second with the former Vikings general manager, Jeff Diamond. First, though, uh, tell us about White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. 
Yeah, thanks, Tim. The White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC, and my longtime friend, owner, Paul Rubin, General Manager Charlie Guttrell. They're a fantastic staff. Minnesota's number one volume Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and their super-friendly premium team. Check out WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com. You'll find $1,000 dealer discount plus $1,250 rebate and 1.9% 1. APR on 2023 Buick Encore GXs. $1,500 dealer discount plus $3,250 trade assist- assistance and bonus cash with 0.9% APR on 2023 GMC Sierra Crew Cap 1500s, 0.9% APR and a $3,250 purchase allowance on 2023 GMC Sierra 1500s plus no monthly payments until 2024 on many of these great vehicles. The White Bear Lake Superstore is the Quigley 4x4 van superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. So visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at whitebearlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. And welcome back to Platinum Bank for another football season. Happy to talk about our great sponsor, Platinum Bank. Is your bank a partner or simply a provider? In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalize on opportunities, and helping Twin Cities executives to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder, have personally experienced tremendous customer service working with Executive VP Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, visit www.platinumbankmn.com. Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. And a reminder, Minnesota State Lottery, Viking Scratch Game Edition. You can find out more about that game at mnlottery.com. So why are the charges such a mess? I, they have the, the great young quarterback. They have great receivers. They have a great running back. They have talent. I was talking to somebody who was in camp with them this this summer and said, good Lord, they just look like this big, physical, athletic team, and they just don't win enough. Uh, what's going on with that squad? Yeah, I, I think I think some injuries are a factor, and again, close losses. And one one thing I, I would recommend to the Vikings to to stop crowing about losing two games by a total of nine points, because there are no no moral victories in the NFL. Doesn't matter. Certainly, it's better than losing forty to nothing as the Giants did to the Cowboys opening day, but. So what? You lost two games by by nine points. Well, the Chargers lost two games by five points to Miami and at Tennessee, a couple of difficult opponents, one on the road. So what's happening with the Chargers? They're just not not making big plays when they need to. They're getting gashed in in on on pass defense. I think that's been their biggest problem, uh, giving up over seven hundred yards. In the passing game, they're they're ranked dead last in the league in pass defense, and their run defense hasn't been terrific either. They're seventeenth. Their offense is fine, and Herbert's playing well. He's got three touchdowns, no interceptions, and has thrown the the ball for over five hundred yards in two games. He's got Mike Williams and Keenan Allen healthy. Certainly, they missed Eckler last week in Tennessee, and that that hurt their cause. Bosa had two sacks last week, so. 
they're doing a lot of good things, but they played two tough opponents and have two losses to show for it. And, and similar to the Vikings having to play the Eagles last week, and I don't think anybody expected, and neither did you and I, that the Vikings were going to win that game. And in, in some respects, it's amazing they even lost by six points when you have a minus three turnover differential and you get outrushed by over 200 yards in the game. But that tells us how, how well the passing game was cooking with Cousins and Jefferson and Addison in that particular game. Osborne making more plays. And they still had a couple drops in the ball game too. <laughs> so the Chargers, they're dangerous. And they've got plenty of talent on that team. Derwin James is one of the best safeties in the NFL. But I think that the, the big problem for them has been at the corner position. Michael Davis and Asante Samuel have been struggling. And that, I think, is the matchup that the Vikings are going to look to expose in this game. And, and with Jefferson and Addison and Osborne, as long as Cousins has enough time to throw. And I think, again, that means they need Darius on the lineup. So he can block either either Bosa or Khalil Mack, whichever one lines up on his side, and they, and they flip flop a little bit too. And Brian O'Neill, we know he's a he's a great player, and he needs to have a big day. And then blocking inside, uh, because certainly they could they could end up moving one of those guys inside if they see the weakness, and that's going to be important. The offensive line is critical this week. If the, if the if the line. And with help from Josh Oliver and C.J. Ham chipping on these guy on these edge rushers, if Cousins has time to throw, I think he could have a huge game. And you look back to the opener, Tua Tagovailoa for the Dolphins threw for 466 against this team, and Tyreek Hill had had over 200 yards receiving and two touchdowns. Jefferson's got to be licking his chops. Oh, no doubt about it. And and I could see a huge game for Cousins, Jefferson, and the, that whole squad. Uh, Addison already looks really good. Uh, let's get your impression of the surprises around the league in the first two weeks. Yeah, it's really been uh, kind of fascinating. And, and you start with, with these uh, playoff teams from last year that are 0-2, and, and I'm talking about the Bengals, the Vikings, and the Chargers, and and. One of them is going to get off the schneid this week, <laughs> either either the Vikings or the Chargers, unless they tie. And the Bengals have the Rams next Monday night. That that certainly is an interesting game, too, because the Rams, I think, are one of the surprise teams in the league this year. They blow out the Seahawks in Seattle in the opener, and Seattle did bounce back against Detroit last week in a, in a big win. But for the Rams, who everybody assumed was in re- rebuilding mode, well, they got Stafford back. Cooper Cup has, is on injured reserve to start the season. So who is Puka Nakua, Jim? <laughs> well, he's a good player. He's, a, he, he's the fifth-round pick out of BYU who's leading the league in receptions with 25 and two games and comes out of nowhere – this guy had 48 catches all last season at BYU, and he's leading the league in receiving. Crazy league. A couple other big surprises that I, that I see. Who had Baker Mayfield, Sam Howell of, of, the, of, the, of Washington, and Desmond Ritter of Atlanta all being 2-0 at this stage? And, and who also had the NFC South? 
that had no winning teams last year. And the Bucks Bucks won the division with an eight and nine record and were trounced by the Cowboys in the playoffs. Now they have three teams at two and zero. Oh, between you get you got Atlanta and and the Bucks and New Orleans, all three and zero. Oh. Now they all have have big games, and I know we're going to talk about the big games coming up in our pick segment. But they all have tough matchups this week. Atlanta goes to Detroit. Tampa Bay hosts Philadelphia and New Orleans goes to Green Bay. The New York teams, some strange happenings there. And, but one of the things, not necessarily unexpected, was Zach Wilson having trouble in Dallas. He throws three interceptions, shades of his lousy 2022 season. And then the, the Giants are outscored 60 to nothing in their first six quarters, they lose 40 to nothing to Dallas. They're down 20 to nothing to the dismal Cardinals. And then all of a sudden they turn on the switch and come back and win that game 31-28 behind Daniel Jones. But now Saquon Barkley's got a sprained ankle. So both of those teams are one and one but they're, they're struggling. And Jordan Love is an interesting story to me too, Jim. He leads the league in passing efficiency with a 118.8 rating. And you think, whoa, well, yeah, he's, he's doing great. And he was doing great for seven quarters. And then at the end of the Atlanta game, he's got a 12-point lead in the fourth quarter. And they go, they don't get a first down on their last three drives. His last six passes were incomplete. And Atlanta comes back to win that game. Now, for Green Bay, they were missing Aaron Jones. They are missing Christian Watson. They are missing Bakhtiari, their, their best offensive lineman. Elgin Jenkins, Pro Bowl guard, got hurt. So there are some caveats to what's going on with Jordan Love and overall you say yeah it's impressive to step in with the pressure that he's under to replace Aaron Rodgers but and it is a surprise that he's leading the league in efficiency but that last segment in Atlanta is a concern no doubt about it all right well let's get to the picks because it's a good way to talk about a a bunch of different teams and let's start with new orleans at green bay uh to me the saints are a good defensive team they don't look like they know what they're doing offensively uh green bay as you said i watched that atlanta game i don't think atlanta's all that good uh and green bay really really spoiled a chance to go two and oh down there uh so what is your assessment of these two teams right now well and and who do you pick in that game new orleans at green bay well i'm gonna go with the packers at home and I, I, I guess provided they get some of these players back that are hurt, and these are these are really key players. If they don't have them back, I think they're going to have a really hard time on offense if their offensive line is is not intact. If they're missing Jenkins and Bakhtiari and Aaron Jones, then that makes it really tough for Jordan Love against the Saints, who have the number four defense in the league, and Cam Jordan is still playing well down there. So. Give me Green Bay. Uh, their defense was playing pretty well until the end of that game. I'll take Green Bay. I think it's going to be a close game. But if those guys are hurt, then I'll take the Saints. Agreed. Uh, we're going to do a non-divisional pick. I'm intrigued by this one. Denver with Russell Wilson playing better against Miami, which uh, you know their their receivers are a little banged up, but they look spectacular again at the beginning of this season. Yeah, is that in Miami, Jim? Yes, it is. Then I'll take the Dolphins. It'll probably be 100 degrees on the field. <laughs> and uh, coming from Denver, where it's, where it's definitely not that hot, and even though they're, they, they should be in good condition playing in the high altitude, but I, I just think Miami is, is a, a really dominant offensive team at this point and not great on defense. 
but I, I don't I don't think the Broncos are there. And and again, another 0-2 team. And again, you talk about Pro Bowl quarterbacks that are that are 0-2, and you got Herbert, you got Cousins, you got Russell Wilson in that mix too, and Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Uh, which is obviously a, one of the big surprises too that the Bengals have been off to such a shaky start. But I'll I'll definitely take Miami, and I, I think it'll be an easy win for them. Agreed. And this won't be a difficult pick, Chicago at at the Chiefs. But it is very interesting that Justin Fields came out and said uh, coaching was holding him back and making him robotic. He later rescinded that comment, but I think we all know that that's what he really thinks. Well, exactly, and and so the Bears who had bigger expectations after spending a lot of money in free agency, after drafting a, a, a franchise offensive tackle early in the draft and, and trading out of that first spot because they had the, had the faith in Justin Fields. And he just doesn't seem to be seeing the field, pardon the pun, very well. And so, yeah, the Bears, I think they, they will get better, but – not yet. And yeah, the Chiefs, I think, will, will roll in this game. Once they got Travis Kelsey and, and Chris Jones back in the lineup, which was unfortunate for the Vikings, it didn't happen in week one against the Lions or they would have won that game. But with those two guys, that makes a big difference. And Chris Jones misses the entire offseason, training camp, everything, and just steps right in, has a, has a couple of sacks, a bunch of pressures, and, and plays great as the all pro he is. So I guess the Vikings can hope Dalton Reisner can do the same thing. Although he's, he's coming into a new system. <laughs> yes. Uh, Atlanta at Detroit, Detroit uh, loses a winnable home game. Uh, I really think they would have lost to Kansas city. If Kansas city had been healthy for that game, Atlanta, uh, I want, I don't, I watched Des- Desmond Ritter play and I don't really see it, but their, their backs are so talented. They're kind of making it work. Yeah, they they have one of the highest paid offensive lines in the league. That'll be a a really good test for the Lions' defense against them. And Gardner-Johnson's hurt now in the secondary. They also lost Houston as a pass rusher. So the Lions' defense is kind of in a a bad state injury-wise right now, which could speak to the the Falcons trying to pound the ball and, and keep that Lions' offense off the field. I think it's a close game, but I think I think Jared Goff and, and St. Brown and, and the, the Lions offense finds a way to get this win. I, I, I don't think Atlanta is a, is a 3-0 and team. Maybe they are. The Vikings hope they are. <laughs> but I, I, will, I will take the Lions in this game. I have a hunch. I'm going to play a hunch on this one. I just think Atlanta is going to be able to run the ball well enough to make – to keep Detroit off balance. I think, I think the Gardner-Johnson injury is a big one for them. Uh, and Detroit still feels like they're trying to figure out exactly how to use Jameer, Jameer Gibbs, uh, who's a really talented guy, but he hasn't really been that productive. I, I'm going to take Atlanta this one. I probably wouldn't take Atlanta later in the season. Now, Chargers at Vikings, uh, not only who do you think is going to win, what are you going to be watching for? What matchups are going to matter most to you? Well, the offensive line definitely is Derisaw in the lineup <clears throat> to be able to block either Bosa or Khalil Mack. I think that's critical. The Vikings running game will be watching to see if they can get anything going when, when they've been dismal for two weeks. And, and that'll take a little bit of pressure off the passing game. D- defensively, can the corners stick with Keenan Allen and, 
and Mike Williams, can they keep those safeties from having to cover those guys deep? Because you know the Chargers are going to take some deep shots and, and hope they get the matchups with the safeties as happened in the first two games. Be watching to see if, if Dalton Reisner gets in the lineup at all, if, if they can spot him in a little bit for Ingram and, and get his feet wet. And then, and then Jefferson definitely against those corners and, and how O'Connell moves him around. He's done a great job of, of getting Jefferson matched up, not only with, with the, the top corners, but with other corners and finding space. I think one of the un, kind of unsung things in the in the Eagles game because of the loss was how Jefferson plays so well against Darius Slay, who who really dominated him last year in, in that Monday night game. Well, Jefferson got his revenge. Unfortunately for the Vikings, it was in a loss. But Jefferson, if they can get him on Davis and Samuel, and even J.C. Jackson has not been the player he was back in New England before he signed that $16 million a year deal with the Chargers. If Cousins has time, I think I think he can just have a huge game. And, and so those are some of the things we'll be watching in this particular game, definitely. And Justin Herbert, who's a, who is a, a great talent. And will he be able to have time to throw one of the – Another disappointing, I think, thing so far this year, Jim, is Marcus Davenport. He had a bunch of injuries yeah. last year in New Orleans, and and now he's off to a an injury filled start here. He's played what four snaps in two games. They were counting on him to be the the partner for Daniel Hunter, who's playing great with four sacks, but he can't do it by himself. And and we'll also be watching the interior of that Vikings defensive line that needs to make more plays. And I'm talking about Dean Lowry, Bullard. Harrison Phillips, that whole crew on the defensive line. So I said, as I said, I think there are a lot of plots and subplots to this game. It's a, it's two own two teams, but they were two playoff teams last year and it's desperation time. So that creates excitement and we'll see if the Vikings crowd noise at us bank can disrupt Herbert at all. I'm going Vikings 36, Chargers 31. I think it's going to be wild. I think it is going to be a shootout, as you referenced. I think both passing games are going to be on fire, which will make it a very entertaining afternoon. Hey, uh, thanks to yeah, Jeff. And, I, and, and, I, and yeah. I, I didn't make my pick yet, but I oh, I'm sorry. I agree with you, Jim. I, I do think the Vikings win this game high scoring. I'll say, I'll say 34-31. A late Joseph field goal wins it. There you go. All right, and we'll be back next week to wrap this up and talk about they return the Vikings going to Carolina to see Adam Thielen. Uh, my guess is by then they will have a chance to be, get back to two and two and be right in the middle of this uh, of this divisional race. So thanks to everyone. Thanks again to Brandon Morton. Thanks to our sponsors, and we'll talk to you next week.